Welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Batch. I'm Julia. And I'm Becca. We're best friends and lifelong Star Wars fans, and this is the Star Wars The Bad Batch fancast. This time we're reviewing episode 14, War Mantle. This review is meant to be spoiler-free, so join us after you've watched the episode. So if you like story, and you like Star Wars, then stick around. episode, the Batch is hailed by Captain Rex, who asks for their assistance retrieving a clone trooper in distress. Although they are in the middle of a job for Sid, they travel to the planet Daro to locate the clone, but find more than they bargained for, a whole Imperial base hidden within a mountain. Inside, they spring Gregor, a clone commando from Imperial control, but are caught in their attempt to escape. The Batch is pursued through the base and are about to leave when they lose Hunter and are unable to return for him. He urges them to go, and despite Omega's pleas, they are forced to do just that. Okay, let's let's jump into the plots we see in this episode. Oh, plots. Uh, I honestly had kind of a hard time figuring out exactly specifically the plots going on because it's almost like a little light in some areas and a lot heavier in other. I don't know. It was I mean, weird. I think we see uh, kind of um, the beginnings of all three of these plots coming yeah. together. So we, we get a little bit of each. Yeah, um, I guess it's um it's it's a less obviously like one over the other. It is kind of just like a light mix of all of them. Yeah. I think the mo- the one we see most, the most information that we get for uh, a plot is the C plot, our, our empire doing things. We, we learn a lot about the way that they are um, continuing to build their army and what they're doing with the leftovers from the Republic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we get a bit of uh, B plot in, in the very end here. I think that's the least amount. Yeah. I mean, uh, he, of the, the plot crosshair is also like, I think in one other scene, but he's like, Oh, that's true. He's just, but I forgot about it. So clearly he wasn't really there. Yeah. Um, no, it is definitely like, you know, and we have the return of like the Kaminoan storyline, which we haven't seen mm-hmm. in a, in a few episodes actually. Yeah. Um, so Since, yeah. Uh, episode nine, I think. This episode does a really good job of, like, starting to wrap things up. Like, again, I think, like, in kind of combining all three of our plot lines in a way, though obviously the A-plot isn't as much there, um, except for it's just, it's the Batch doing something. okay, like, the Batch is, like, I mean, the A-plot's always Always there. there. Like, because it's the Batch. It's just them them living and doing things. Um, So... (laughs) They're they just are, doing a little different something. At the, by the end of this episode, they have been handed a, quite an issue um, as far as their their goal of just surviving in the yeah, universe. Yeah, so. for sure. But yeah. Um, shall we get into story beats? Yeah. So we start on Daro, which uh, again, it's interesting to me that we are, <laughs> we haven't started on the Marauder in this episode um, or, you know, w- with the Batch again, we kind of set up that um, regularity that we're always kind of like starting on the Marauder with the Batch, except for in... Yeah, this feels, I mean, I think the only other times we've seen that uh, not with the Batch or like in Since Parlor or on the Marauder, we uh, only saw that in episodes 12, 11, 11 and 12. 12 yeah. Um, because there was so much happening. And, yeah. Um, and yeah. They, they were not the central focus. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, so I think this really serves to set up that like, okay, get ready. Like the, the, this is going to be important. Yeah. It has a way of like... Um, communicating a certain thing i feel like to the audience at this point we're like it's a rarity if we're not starting on the marauder or with the batch yeah. so like it, it feels a lot more intriguing honestly like i feel like you know it's the the sort of classic someone jailbreak scene 
I um, was um I was editing a previous episode that we just posted. Um I think it was episode seven. And um I made a note that at this point, like either starting in Sid's parlor or on the Marauder feels very like home. Like these places are home to them mm, now, they're familiar, yeah, right? Yeah. And by like starting a new episode with like out outside of that, it kind of puts the audience into like a, a different Yeah. It's not as familiar. It's, like, especially coming off the heels of the last episode, which was just like nothing but the batch just kind of doing things and like having nothing. A, s- a silly goofy time yeah they're having they're in a silly goofy mood um <laughs> running from big bugs or whatever uh but yeah so like it's it's very much like it's a little bit um it's a little bit distressing uh, yeah it's a little almost for the audience yeah like uh puts us a little off kilter mm-hmm. from what we're usually uh we're used to yeah um but that being said this is a fun sort of opening scene in that we get to see a clone that we don't know who it is yet maybe yeah i would say that's probably fair because he looks kind of different than we've seen him before so. uh it's gregor we yeah see gregor. yeah um and we get to see the puppies my favorite <laughs> i'm confusing them with the mass effect dogs which are called baron what are they called they have a name give me a second that's like a <laughs> lot it's a lot like a just a dog word i'm pretty sure but they took a letter out of it <laughs> they're called massives that's not it. mastiffs massives they're called massives yeah my favorite puppies the massives uh are here and they're doing a great job um <laughs> um but yeah no i love that that is like a really intriguing like start to this episode and then we're immediately thrown into um the marauder our familiar understanding of this universe right and i like that they're pretty much immediately right hailed oh no they're not immediately hailed by rex it is just them sort of biding their time because we see yeah. hunter spinning his knife around yeah and that really cute uh scene of omega she's like working on gonky and she's got that like i don't know what it is sort of a electric pick it, um, it kind of seems like, like a, a weird soldering iron yeah or soldering iron we see them she's kind of like trying to spin it around like hunter i love that when they do get hailed though they both like hunter puts his knife in he like sheath. does a twist and puts it away yeah, yeah and she also like looks up and puts the like drawer thing back on on <laughs> back on gonky oh, like at like, the same moment like yeah. the same time it's very cute they're definitely always doing the like spider-man meme always the thinking meme yeah yeah Um, from the from the get-go yeah absolutely and it's very cute and still charming uh but yeah they're hailed by rex um who has a special assignment for them um i really like this scene where they are arguing over what the fuck to do mostly because i don't know i feel like we're getting to see their characters in a fun way i don't feel like we get like a huge amount of character development in this episode but like this moment i feel like Mm -hmm. says a lot um specifically i really like the sort of interaction between echo and hunter um i don't know i like that they're all voicing their opinions i like that wrecker is being kind of goofy but i like that like what it comes down to is like hunter and echo looking at each other echo sort of giving him a look and then he's like okay we'll go after this yeah hunter gets bullied into being like the hero a lot of the time <laughs> which i think is really he's funny like, i'm just trying to keep my family safe again i've said this like a million times in this podcast but like he really like mom and dad energy like that's totally like a, if i don't agree to this my wife is gonna be really mad at me and i don't want that <laughs> echo's like i'm gonna fucking punch you no the, but <laughs> the look of absolute murder in echo's eyes when he looks at him and then he tilts his head down a little bit and he's just like i don't think he's like this it, far no farther <laughs> he's it's just he's just very determined like yeah, i don't absolutely. think he's angry i don't think he's like in doubt that hunter's gonna do the wrong thing or something but he's just like this he's basically communicating with no words this means a lot to me and yeah. like you know you know that this is important 
Um, and Hunter obviously does, and he agrees. Yeah. Um, I like that essentially all the others, I, I think Echo says something at the beginning, but then Tech Talks and, you know, Wrecker and stuff. I feel like Echo essentially is able to communicate his point to Hunter without yes. saying anything. Yeah. And it's a very powerful look, and I like that it's, I don't know, included. It really, they're, those two are very set apart in this conversation because, like, I mean, not that Tech and Wrecker don't have their opinions, but, like, Tech is always the very, like, practical person. He's like, listen, we're in the middle of a job. If we don't get paid, we can't eat. Like, of course, that's the the deal. Um, and Wrecker is kind of just the, like, every time someone makes a point, he's yeah. just like, yeah, that's a good point. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Omega pipes up, too. Yeah. And it was like, well, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, we have to help people. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I like that we're kind of seeing their different takes on the same situation. Exactly. Like, it, it just helps to sort of fill mm-hmm. out their characters a little more and... I think differentiate them. We get we, to see the characters that we've uh, come to know in action. Yeah, a lot absolutely. Um, and, and it's nice to see them like kind of sticking to the, like, I don't know, their sort of morals and their, their guts feelings on these things. Um, and yeah. Um, so they do uh, end up agreeing to go after Rex's lead. Um, but in between these things, we get uh, a scene of Camino again, yeah, which we, we haven't gotten in a while. We come back to Camino. It's been a while. Um, I, I don't think it's raining, but it's quite dark. And uh, every time we go to Camino, it's quite dark. I'm pretty sure there's lightning specifically in the background because they're in the um, like loading bay area. Yeah, we get like one brief kind of. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's raining, but it is quite dark and there is like it's it's stormy. It feels stormy. Yeah. We see Rampart and Crosshair standing here. Um, they are moving people out of Camino. It's clear that they're leaving. He tells Crosshair to mobilize all the relevant clones that they need something is happening and um something is happening specifically to the Kaminoans. we see uh, Nalis, uh not all say we see lamasu in the background um and rampart says something along the lines of like we have our orders which is very ominous yeah and they do make reference of like the operation is ahead of schedule yeah something is happening um, here I-, I like that they don't go in to explain what this is and i think like you could assume it's like what the batch is seeing with these like new troopers and stuff. But well, we like, haven't even seen the new troopers yet. Oh, have we not? No, no we haven't. We just, it the really episode's is. basically just started. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just, uh, it, it gives again, like sort of an air of mystery to things. And I think obviously this is kind of like the, the precursor to the end of the season. Oh, for it's sure. The setup. Cause we're going to really get into it. Yeah. Um, and then we get a scene with Nalise walking with a squad of very young clones, um, and they basically confirm, uh, that, that everyone's leaving and cause they're, they're questioning her. They're like, are you sure? Like, I thought leaving Camino was against protocol. Um, and I, I don't remember what she says to them, <laughs> but basically like, they're like, oh, we're, we're doing something different now, basically. Uh, and I really like this interaction that like, they kind of make this interaction happen and then like, let it hang in the air. But like the, the young clone goes, uh, are we still going to be soldiers? And Nalase responds, yes, it's what you may- were made for. Um, and I don't know, like, it's been a while since we've had uh, the badge kind of questioning that or like, it's been a while since the episodes that um, they were kind of released from that destiny uh, via their inhibitor chips coming out. Um, we haven't seen it in a while. Uh, I like that they're still kind of refocusing the 
audience on this question yeah. and this like conundrum. Yeah. It's very good. Which it feels like, I mean, we've talked about this, I think, a couple of times in the last couple of episodes. There's almost always like these little throwaway lines that feel like they are re- refocusing us is a great way to put mm-hmm. it back to, you know, our goal and like the story we're trying to get to at the end of the season. Uh, and I did really like this line. I feel like I didn't really think much of it until you made note of it. I'm like, you know what? That's such a very obvious, but also sneaky way of kind of like reminding us, hey, like this whole story is about like this concept of, you know, are you destined to do this? Were you made to be a soldier? Um, Because um, they do kind of let it hang in the air. Like it's not prefaced by something specific. Like it's not like, it's not kind of the punctuation on the end of a scene. Like it's kind of in the middle of this yeah. because after they, uh, she says that um, Lama Sue pulls her aside. Uh, and they talk about um, their potential fate on Camino and what to do about it. They decide yeah. that they're going to try to they, get everyone out and leave. Yeah, they hatch their own plan. Not good news. No. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's weirdly in the middle of this scene. Yeah, which is like, it, I think it does something really lovely, though, where it just kind of like it colors the atmosphere and has, I think that's why it's sneaky, right? A, exactly. a way of, you know, sneaking it in there without it being such a big like telenovela right scene where it's yeah. like that's what you're made to be you yeah, know yeah yeah it's not um, dramatic it's it like, this it's show too has honest. like a huge mastery of like making things feel organic and that moment feels extremely organic yeah like, because it's in the middle of like a couple other yeah. things and i feel like i think we've talked about this before joked about this before but it's really funny like it's really incredible honestly how they do that in this show right like you said like it feels like you're happening upon these scenes really organically and like it, it feels like you are present there and not like you know like in a video game when you walk by an npc and they have like half of a line to say you know and it's just really obvious that there was nothing going on before you got there or even like i'm thinking of a specific clone wars episodes where like it's supposed to like they're trying to manufacture the feel of like you're coming into the middle of a conversation but clearly like it's the beginning of the yeah, conversation yeah. like it, it I'm specific- I don't know why I'm specifically feel I'm specifically thinking about this one <laughs> this one Clone Wars bit where like I think Obi-Wan and Anakin are walking into like a uh, like a separatist ship or something and they open the door and Obi-Wan just goes Anakin spinning is not flying <laughs> I do and, and Anakin's in, like, like it is <laughs> I think that's in season one right? yeah 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 it's super early it's in on. like malevolence the malevolence yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like that but um, like, I mean, that's kind of funny. Like they, they yeah. have a quirk to them. Like that's how they have conversations. But it's not but... like you could hear half of a line from Anakin or mumbling before the door is opened, right? Or even like being privy to like the conversation before that and see how it came into the, like, why yeah. are they talking about it? Like, it's just kind They're of- They're on a separatist ship. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, truly. Um, They're like having a casual chat. Like the dialogue flows so well in this show between yeah. like- introducing plot points and introducing things and characterizing to like funny moments and like going back to those like all in one conversation it's yeah. it, the the flow is just not to mention like in this one little camino part we go from like rampart and crosshair doing their dastardly deeds to like you know Being kind dark of dark and broody villains yes um to you know like i don't know switching thoughts almost to like these clones and then young clones and like you know Nalase who's in there and then Lama Sue comes in with Nalase and they go like it has a very like a flow to it that works really well and like I I feel like it cuts down a lot of time it takes to do these things you know it's not like old movies where there's 30 seconds of someone walking somewhere (laughs) because Um, they're trying to like give the illusion of like a transition happening or something like these lines are just so well written that you don't even need that exactly it's like everything becomes really like 
uh, beautifully smooth in the transitions. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, we get like, I love that we go from that line of like these young mm-hmm. soldiers, you know, these young clones asking about their worth, their purpose, right? And then we get um, Lamasu and Nalase being like, they're going to fucking kill us. Uh, we need to get out of here. Um, and I like that once again, like, I think we saw this, like, I don't know, in episode nine or something like this diverging path in our C plot between the Kaminoans and the empire. Mm -hmm. And like that, those are still different, but weirdly the same. Like, I like that we're still seeing the struggle between those two. Yeah. I mean, one is kind of a subplot of what the other is doing. Yeah. So it's just, it's nice. I feel like it gives it like a lot more like of a facet to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, after that, we cut back to, uh, the, the Marauder slash Daro, um, and the batch gets to locating this clone, uh, which turns out to be a lot more than they bargained for. Yeah. Um, props to this scene for Hunter, I don't know, touching dirt multiple times. (laughs) I love him. I don't know how this makes any sense. I, I, one of the one, like one of the the things that I want to gripe about in this show is that they don't really talk about Hunter's abilities beyond explaining what they are in kind of the briefest terms and that like he has heightened senses like okay that could mean a lot of things yeah does he have super hearing does he have super smell can he see things like he obviously like the the sight you know uh is a little more crosshairs department yeah that's why it's so like what does this mean interesting to me that they i mean even like specifically the kaminoans who made them Uh made one who specifically has really good eyesight and then also one who has like good all around they made crosshair and then they were like what if we made one that can like do everything hear and smell good what if this guy can smell so good slaps like top of (laughs) hunter this one's gonna smell so good (laughs) like in hunter taste like incredibly like can he taste colors <laughs> yeah can he taste colors um i i don't know like i wish there was a little more like again a little more of a quirk with him I, where, like he he doesn't like loud places because it's very overwhelming yeah. to him like I, just some, something like that i really hope we get into that stuff in the next season because like i feel like that is important to know like not unlike i would love to have some scenes of like echo and how he runs his life right like it humanizes them and like these scenes i mean i think you know obviously they they don't linger too much on like how hunter finds this base and like it would be dumb if they over explained it but like they don't need to explain exactly down to the molecular level what's happening but like one throwaway line of like um there's a base because he's like basically like there's a base here like there's something in this mountain uh i can like i can hear it or yeah. like i can feel I, exactly. the rumblings or exactly something. like i wish nothing, it was <laughs> instead of he touches dirt twice and doesn't tell us what's going on which like again that's so great if you're trying to track someone outside sure yeah but like we've already tracked the guy so far um but yeah i, I really wish instead of like you know touching the dirt he would have maybe like kneeled down or would have been like oh can you hear that and they'll be like he what did are an you Aragorn listening to in two towers and yeah. just like put his ear to the ground yeah literally. it's just like i i wish he would have been like oh like you know can't you hear that like it's i can hear like the lights buzzing or like i can hear like a droid on the floor in the base like it has yeah. to be nearby or like the engines of a ship or something like that um something a little bit yeah more specific it doesn't have to take too much time but you know yeah something that maybe gives us a little bit of a, a better clue as to what he experiences yeah um but yeah, they find this huge imperial base in this mountain and they somehow um, climb up this mountain. I, I, like, I truly, how long would that take them? They're, they got great um, endurance. <laughs> oh, a long should, fucking time. It should be noted too that they send Wrecker and Omega back to the yes. Marauder because they're like, 
I don't know. <laughs> We're going to need backup, I guess. Or like, let, let's just figure out what's going on here before we like, you yeah. know. To be fair, I think they're still like a little undecided on actually going through with this because. Yeah, they're still trying to, they're still in the stage of figuring out what's happening. Yeah, they're scoping it out. Yeah. Um, But yeah, because when they get to the top is when they have like, th- they see a lot of things. A, they find out that like they've updated the clone armor. Uh, There are clone commandos there. And that also, um, it, we get to have a good conversation with sort of hunter tech and echo mm-hmm. uh where echo voices some of his opinions on the, the yeah matter. um they're still debating whether or not they're gonna try to help this clone trooper that rex knows out because they're like honestly we don't know where he is this is a huge base we are three people like w- truly like they are outnumbered this is difficult this is a it, the practical decision would be to bail yeah yeah um, which is what hunter wants to do uh they don't have any intel you know it's, yeah, they it's have a, no backup it's a sticky situation um but echo kind of always being the hero uh at least he's kind of the like white knight essentially yeah i think that's what the term i was looking for um he brings up like skako minor and how they were kind of unprepared for that and if they hadn't have come got him then he would still be in the possession of the techno union yeah. god knows what they would be doing to him yeah um and, and i love that he's just like if there's even a chance that that trooper is like being held there against his will like we have to go help him mm-hmm. um i don't know i feel like w- it's been a minute since we've gotten any like uh big echo moments in these episodes yeah. there's just been other, other things going on the music cue here too like it's not just like him being obstinate like yes yeah. the, the music cue is very like hopeful and like heroic and like yes this is the right thing to do and yeah. like someone's being held against their will and we can't stand by and let that happen like truly what he believes in and of course hunter caves because he's hunter yeah and he's like <laughs> i'm nothing if not pushed around by other people um he's the leader but he's honestly like the biggest pushover <laughs> i mean but like you know anyone makes a good point to him and he's like ah damn yeah i like how wrecker's the one who's just like oh that's a good point that's a good point and really it's hunter yeah hunter's the one who's hunter like yeah, in that's... his brain is like well that's a good point yeah, yeah i can't like, argue with you about that all the times Omega in, in the 11 and 12 episodes was like, it's what we are supposed to do. We need to help, right? And he's like, God he's damn like, it. Yeah, I did tell you that. Yeah. So anyway, yes, they go in anyway with no intel and no backup. But they do a fun, I don't know, it's kind of, it's got a fun flair to it. They got, I don't know, it's got like a heisty vibe mm-hmm. in a way. They it's, ride on top of an elevator. Yeah, I, I love a good, uh, I think a part of a the heist is always a sort of infiltration yeah. aspect that I like. This is a, not a true heist, so I only sort of like it. But <laughs> They are just stealing a person, which yeah. is different. Stealing um, is strong, but yeah. <laughs> they're grabbing a man. <laughs> they're unkidnapping a man. <laughs> they're re-kidnapping to unkidnap an adult man who's a little crazy. Yeah. No, but truly, like, they are kind of like the Black Ops team. Like, this is kind of yeah. like what they're used to doing. Yeah. I mean, besides not having, like, literally any intel about this, it's not that different from what they did for... Yeah, I would say that's The fair. Republic. Yeah. yeah. Um, But yeah, so, you know, they sneak in and we get some more information about, you know, the new troopers, which we can, you know, talk about later. Um, But yeah, so they who they do find is Gregor, who we've seen before in a few places and he is like still just as crazy as he's been previously i wanted to pose a question and maybe this is a better mm-hmm. character corner sort of uh but like why gregor like i i want to know a like great again, question everything in the show is so intentional why this clone like we we barely kind of know him like you could have i don't know yeah instead of someone like cody yeah i, w- I was thinking about the or 
potentiality of it being Cody or like even like Wolf or something like a or someone who was in more than like two two episodes of things. And I guess like he was also in Rebels, so like he's got a little more screen time but than I remember. He was only in Rebels for like an episode, maybe. Y- yeah. So like it's rough. Um. Yeah. Also, it's wild that um the episodes of Clone Wars that he's in are not highly watched episodes. Yeah um so it's yeah it's an interesting question why they did this i don't know he's a fun and funky guy but it is uh, an yeah, interesting thing to not saying that because i don't like him he's no fun, it is just and he's kind of a weirdo and yeah. i think that's that's a fun energy with the batch who are also weirdos <laughs> but different weird um different weird uh but yeah i i was just curious um I, I to be fair i feel like putting bringing cody in here with almost no explanation of how he got here would have been a disservice to his character yeah absolutely uh, but uh, there are were other options and i'm just curious why yeah. gregor was the one they chose to be fair also like knowing what we know now with the season two trailer that's out and we True. know for a fact that fucking cody's in it i'm like, so scared <laughs> i'm ex- i'm one fear uh and it's My that boy. boy um but uh yeah it's um interesting that they they did not choose another person and they kind of just chose a a guy they had laying around um again he's fun i like him it's like they have like a a a bowl full of like scrap paper with like names yeah like folded up pieces of paper it's gonna be gregor in this oh (laughs) (laughs) who else did you have in there i don't know like wolf waxer and Boyle. (laughs) any of plows bros We got Gregor. It's fine. Mm. Uh, didn't he die the last time we saw him? Don't it's worry fine. about it. We're not going to explain it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Gregor is here. He's just as weird. <laughs> he's here. He's queer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's queer in the sort of old sense of the word queer. Um, um, anyway, so they now have to make their escape, which obviously doesn't go well because it's the batch. Um yeah, I think this is an interesting conversation that they have oh, when yeah. they meet Gregor too. In that, like, they're like, "What are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing here?" Um, and he's basically like, "I was like, I was training people, and then I decided I, I didn't like the way they were doing things, so I, I left, and they didn't take too kindly to that." Um, I like how he's like, "The Empire doesn't um, take kindly to desertion." And yeah, I'm like, I don't think the rep- public does either i mean they're not gonna no. kill you on site but no. like it's also not okay i mean if, thing yeah to if do. you remember our old friend cut exactly. and like he sort of got away scot-free um uh i mean after rex was like i'm gonna turn you in and he's just like you've taught me the value of friendship or whatever <laughs> he spends one night at their house and he's like never mind he's like, never won't. mind you have a really hot wife <laughs> i get it your kids seem chill yeah um <laughs> Um, yeah, I also like really love when he specifically says I'm an instructor and that is immediately cut off by like gunfire. I don't know why it's really funny to me. Like it has Well, a- well I'm a professor. <laughs> pew pew pew. Like, it's very good. Um, Not that Gurger gives off the uh, academia vibe. No, he's like, well, in a way of like, you know how we all had that one college professor who was like super a crazy? little off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um and you're just like, huh, okay. okay. I'll just say that's a character quirk. Um <laughs> I'm not going to dig too deep into this. <laughs> I only see you once a week for an hour and a half. So it's fine. And that's the way it's going to remain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will not wave to you if you see, I see you on the street. <laughs> once I saw one of my professors carrying groceries back to his house because there's a bunch of apartment complexes by my school. Uh, and um, my roommate did yell out the window at him. And I'm like, why would you stop? ever? Stop. 
I don't, don't want draw attention them to, to acknowledge to my pr- my existence. No, we're like, not in class. I don't no. know you. You don't exist. You to me live anymore. at school and you <laughs> sleep there. <laughs> yeah, that does happen in college. When too. I leave my classroom, you'd cease to exist. You're to me. a figment of my imagination. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so gregor our anyway, favorite so professor yeah so he was there teaching clones tro- these new guys the new guys um who they think are just sort of like updated right um and then we get uh, another interesting thing that kind of um builds on that uh odd oddness that they've been experiencing since they broke into this base um which is that tech tries to override ride some uh controls with a clone code and an alarm triggers because they don't use those here um, which is also very strange. Yeah. Um, I, I like that this is kind of, this episode brings up a lot of like questions and interesting things again and doesn't really answer them. Like you kind of just get the vibe of something bad coming. Yeah. Like I, and I, another big switch happening. Exactly. Um, and I really appreciate that they, they had us learning these things along with the batch. Like yeah. we are as confused as the batches in in this moment. Uh, you know, why didn't text code work? This is you know kind of what he does uh and we're now we're in hot water because that their one plan that usually works didn't work i I like that essentially like at the end of this season which i think we're probably going to see more in the next season obviously the season finale is that like the playbook that they have been using this entire Mm -hmm. time which we've seen them use is no longer gonna work so like they can't fall back on what they know they have to like create new plans and new strategies and like i don't know i think that's a really interesting switch to happen like Uh, it, it's a big switch, right? Because I'm assuming all their plants were the ones that they had with Crosshair and like when they were in the Republic, right? Yeah, truly. It's um, it's it's kind of triggering a different sort of existential crises yeah. uh, in them. It, it's a good way uh, to keep this uh, their dynamic kind of fresh and yeah. um, not that it's getting old or anything, but like it's always good to thrust your characters into more conflict. Yeah. I feel like, um, obviously, we love Clone Wars, but I feel like with as many seasons that Clone Wars had in as many episodes, there were times where it got a little stale because, you know, infiltration methods would be the same, right? And, like, it was fun because the characters were fun. And, like, you know, seeing them in different situations was fun. Um, But it's nice to see that, like, they are actually making, like, a legitimate, like, switch in how these characters have to act based on a world-building thing. Um, Yeah, uh, it's an unarguable uh, plot that they have to face. Yeah. It, it's not just, yeah. I'm specifically thinking of two, like, uh, Bones. I know this is the a completely show. different show. Yeah, no, I'm not just you're thinking about the Bones <laughs> anyway, that are inside our bodies. I'm thinking about Bones. <laughs> Let's take a pause from this podcast to talk about the hard bone sticks that hold us up. You know those guys? Yeah, no, I'm talking about the TV They're show. The detective TV show Bones. <laughs> But, like, I really like that show. Like, they have really yeah, interesting fun. characters. But, like, after a while, yep. like, the, like, formula for these episodes became the exact fucking same. Like, it's it would always be, like, the second suspect that they talked to yeah. would be the murderer. It would be, like, they get all this evidence and they're, like, it makes so much sense. And then there would be, like, a red herring and they're, like, it doesn't make any sense. And then they would get an yeah. additional piece of evidence. They would be, like, we got him. And then it was, like, the nice woman yeah the one who's just like yeah man i don't know i'm i haven't seen them in like a while they did it because you murdered them (laughs) you did a dead bundy with all of these people it's like it couldn't have been them yeah it's just uh anyway that that's kind of um it it, it, i'm I'm kind of comparing apples and oranges here yeah yeah, it's nice to see a um a release like 
there's it's not a flimsy excuse it's not like because of a plot convenience it's not like you introduce this plot device at the last minute which like forces more conflict onto these characters like this was always in the plan yeah um this episode's called war mantle we only hear that we hear uh rampart say war mantle in like the third i think it's the third episode second or third episode yeah um so like they have been laying these kind of tiny breadcrumbs yeah they've been building the foundation up for us yeah which is like i think something like this they don't need to lay as many because they you know can kind of cash all it, it all in yeah. at once here uh and it, and it makes sense because the empire the machinations of the empire are a mystery to all of us and uh it that is kind of believable that they would yeah. you know we don't need to be privy to that constantly yeah um, they do a lot of interesting things in this episode. I also really like when they're in the elevator trying to initially escape with Gregor. Gregor is telling them about um, the new TK troopers and how they're not clones like they thought. They are actually just recruits from all over the galaxy. Uh, I feel like they do this in a in a fairly organic way for sort of an info dump. Um, they don't know. They don't find out that um, he doesn't tell them that they're not clones. They find that out when they they're in the elevator together, I thought. When he tells them that. Uh, he doesn't tell them that. They find that out because they take the helmet oh, off. Oh, they, yes, they the de-helmet the blonde man. Yeah, they, like, uh, stun someone and they're like, these aren't clones because they take the helmet they're off and it's so just some bad. blonde guy <laughs> who's just like, yeah. Um, yeah, I do. Okay, so I like that conversation. I think... Um, Gregor tells them that... Uh, Maybe it's after. Um, it is when they're in an elevator. <laughs> maybe they get in an elevator yeah. after uh, I think they, they figure out that they're not an, clones. And then he's like, yeah, they're replacing us. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that conversation a lot because I feel like this ties up kind of uh, in, the interesting quandary that was brought up, I think, in episode three as well, about what's more valuable, clones that were made to fight a war or people that you recruit because like their loyalty has like an intrinsic value. Um, I like that we're seeing the payoff of that and that essentially we understand that the empire has been doing its grim machinations in the background this is kind of when we put together because i think it's the third episode where um tarkin gives or the second or third episode where tarkin gives um uh charlie rampart the okay to go ahead with operation war mantle i think it's three and when we hear that in the beginning of this season we're like okay obviously that's ominous i don't know what that means and at first (laughs) i think it's kind of like oh it must be meaning like uh replacing like crosshair squad with these new recruits yeah um but then when you get to this episode, you realize that it's it's army wide. It is yeah, it's like not, a whole thing. Yeah, it is not isolated to just this one special ops group. It's everything. Yeah, um, because again, numbers are more important, and the fact that like the empire's citizens uh, are a part of this army make it much harder for them to. Yeah rebel against anything and i like that gregor specifically calls out the fact that there is like an infinite amount of them like no matter what happens there will always be people who are willing to pledge specifically pledge their loyalty to the empire um and that's just like i don't know it's interesting i feel like it it really um it gives us a lot of information about how they're convincing people of their worth yeah or at least uh, an endless supply of people that they can manipulate exactly doing that. or they already have manipulated yeah they're doing bad shit <laughs> <laughs> they're, um, they're doing empire shit yeah yeah, just, yeah yeah uh the expected bad shit yeah. um but yeah i don't know i i like that we're um this is another thing that we're like bringing up right mm-hmm. uh, that kind of goes hand in hand with the concept of like you know what's more valuable clones or recruits and then like in the clones like are you made to be soldiers or can you be something else i like that there's kind of these um facets of things you know being brought up again mm-hmm. um we jump into like a more of a sequence of action here where they're they're 
trying to escape they're after the alarm gets uh triggered um they kind of have a tough time of it but eventually they realize that they can go through the uh, exhaust ports because it's always exhaust ports. Yeah, it's just big um, holes that run throughout everywhere. They're like, we can't go through the doors. There's people there. What are we going to do? It's like, what about this big hole in the ceiling? What about the other doors? <laughs> the people in this universe have not learned to make their exhaust vents small enough that people can't fit through them. What's really wild to me, though, is that I feel like in Rebels episodes, like there are periods of time where like Ezra, they like shove Ezra up into a vent and he needs to go unlock a door because he's the only one who fits. Oh, really? But they like, get smarter about it. Yeah, I was like, do that. Does that mean that the Empire going forward? They learned. They're, they're like, we must construct the holes smaller so big boys can't walk through them. <laughs> it's not allowed anymore. This happens once, and Charlie Rampart is like, no more. It's like, no more large vents, only small vents for, for children. children to fit through. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um. Yeah. So they they end up like <laughs> in a maintenance tunnel on the side of this mountain, like halfway up. Um, and they signal the Marauder, obviously. So Wrecker and, and Omega are coming to get them. Um, but obviously everyone in the base kind of knows that they're trying to escape. They figure it out. So they send both people up into the tunnel behind them. And then also... They shove uh, their own big boys up in yeah, there. <laughs> truly big boys. They are big boys. Very, they're, they're their armor well got armor. bigger. <laughs> yeah. um, and they also send out like uh, little fighter planes uh and things don't go super well yeah this is a, a challenging escape um for for most of them because hunter does not escape <laughs> um i remember watching this episode like when it came out and we were watching it together because by this time we figured out that these episodes were coming out mm-hmm. um and just being so like flabbergasted with this happening because they do a throwaway line earlier in this episode that it's like you would die if you fell from that height. Yeah, when they're and figuring like, out that it's the okay. exhaust ports, Gregor is like, you can't jump, you'll die. And they're like, we have a ship, don't worry about that. <laughs> and then, of course, Hunter falls. Like, fully D.B. Cooper's it. Um, <laughs> fully D.B. Cooper's it does not get skewered by a pine tree, though. No, but he does um, get hit by branches a lot. He gets hit. I was going to say he talks shit, get hit. He doesn't talk any shit. He just... He gets shit talked to him, actually. <laughs> um yeah but i do i do like this sequence a lot i like how they build it up yeah it's really um um, suspenseful it's really entertaining it's fun it makes like i I think seeing all of them jump to the marauder stairs too and like that we actually see them do that um really builds up hunter eating it on the stairs like really well and i love too that they, they didn't make his like uh falling a kind of a dramatic thing like it wasn't like oh you're almost there and then like he falls like yeah, he wasn't jumps like and you Mufasa. think he's gonna make it because the uh, marauders kind of sideways so yeah. like he could have easily just like but he, but he slips or something yeah, on the does. stairs and he eats it like <laughs> <laughs> like he, he's gone yeah um it's such a like oh oh my god what just happened you yeah know? no it is, it's wild and i think i called this out like when we were watching the episode but i do really like that like they don't make this an easy jump for them like the, like every single one of them has to be like helped up yeah right because it's just like a, an insane situation they're so high up and they're jumping onto stairs over a gap like I, I like that they made it like appropriately difficult and then yeah when hunter fully eats it and db coopers it onto the ground <laughs> like it makes sense it is fucking wild though and then yeah i mean like he kind of breaks his fall again i don't know how he's com- not like um 
like Batman broken in half. I, I don't know how at least like because we see him hit the ground and he's like he is kind of KO'd for a second. Um, and then he ge- he gets up. He fully stands up. Like he's a little hunched over, but like he pulls his knife because yeah. like by that time he's like talking to them and he's like, "You have to go. Like there's they're already here for me. Like you're not gonna make it. Like leave." Yeah. Um, but he's like standing there with his knife out. Like I feel like he shouldn't have been able to get up. No. Like, he would have um, broken bones. His, I mean, one of his legs is probably broken. I, I, this question rattles rattles around in my brain a lot because I'm just like, why did they make that choice? Yeah. Right? Because like, it could really be that we just couldn't spend time on that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, even though I don't know why they didn't take out the throwaway line of like, well, you would die if you fell, because like that's kind of the red herring in this. Um, it could have just been like, holy shit, that's a far drop. Um, we can't get down that. Or it could have been that like when he hits the ground, he doesn't get up again. Yeah, and they're, like, yeah. They're... Hunter, 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 and then they're like, we have to go. We can't go back to get him. Yeah, like, I don't. I-, I can't remember exactly what happens in like the season finale episodes that he has to be mobile. Presumably, he um, does have to be mobile. Yes. So I guess that's sort of the rub. Is that like true? A- and again he kind of does break his fall he gets like shoved onto a slope and then hit he hits a bunch of trees but still um he would have broken ribs at the very least yeah i guess we could assume that he does he just doesn't say anything about it but like true you know because he doesn't say anything about anything but i wish Um, he would i live for the angst yeah no i truly if we had it my way i would just have him flat on the ground and just like reach up for his comm and be like you have to go on without me and they're like no and then they do anyway um yeah, so that fucking happens. And then we do get um, two last scenes that are really important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so Charlie Rampart waltzes in. We're back on Camino. Charlie Rampart waltzes into Lamasu and Nalase scheming again because they need to leave because they're going to get murdered. Yeah. Um, and he has sussed out their entire thing that they're going to do. Um, yeah, nothing gets past Charlie Rampart. No, Charlie Rampart is a, is a brick wall of <laughs> no thoughts go through. Um, he has eyes and ears everywhere. All over his body. <laughs> Ew. Um, gross. Um, body but- horror. <laughs> Trigger warning. <laughs> um, but yeah, so essentially what happens and i do really like the lines here where he's just like you know a scientist i have use for a politician i don't and Mm -hmm. then like you know lama su is arrested and is taken away um again um he's not he's not arrested they uh excuse me sorry i get them mixed up she's just like take yeah she's just taken away they've already kind of got her yeah and so they just sort of take her away yeah she's but (laughs) she's been kind of arrested uh lama sue is is basically trapped in a room with two clones with guns or two troopers with guns charlie rampart no he leaves he leaves and the door closes um this is a great thing to bring up because I also remember there being gunshots in this. Yeah, previously. I remember after the door sa- like closes, there yeah, being like a like gunshot bunch of sound. Gunshots, yeah, or just at least one. Uh, I don't know why we both recall that. I don't know if it's because the implication is so heavy that our yeah. brains fill that in. It's clear They're what like happens. They kill noises. him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's our brains just filling in what happens because it's implied so yeah. heavily, but like. Yeah, I don't know why we both remember that. <laughs> I'm really I'm really curious if anybody else remembers that. Um like maybe they edited that out. Yeah, no, whatever. because like that will happen occasionally yes. where things get edited on streaming service for very for, on streaming service. On streaming services. <laughs> the streaming service, the one that we have. <laughs> for various reasons. Yeah. Um 
Do you remember that really early episode in Clone Wars? It's the rookies episode. Are you talking about the one where they say... Uh, well, the big worm uh, eats one of them. Yes. And then, uh, I don't remember who says this, but someone was just like, what the hell? Like, yeah, one of them does no, say that. The, in early Clone Wars episodes, I very specifically recall, because they were aired on, on Cartoon, Cartoon Network. Network. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did you say Cartoon Wet Work? <laughs> <laughs> my brain just short-circuited. <laughs> Cartoon. It's, just, it's just cartoons all about just like black ops like wet work <laughs> oh my god cartoon network which i guess had different rules about shit like that also it was 2008 but i remember uh droids saying like oh my god as well yeah and what the hell um but yeah they, they've been re-edited where they don't say that anymore it definitely is rookies yeah i'm looking at the wiki uh the wikipedia page Fuck for yeah. it it's like content a whole section called continuity <laughs> The quote under that is just like, what the hell was that? And it says, hell being stated in this episode. Hell exists in this universe. In the original showings of this episode on Cartoon Network, the word hell was used as an expletive twice. Yeah. I don't re- When did they say it twice? I don't know why. I think it's a droid. <laughs> a droid say that? I definitely remember a droid saying like, oh my God, as they're getting like pushed over. During the replay on November 7th, 2008, before Downfall of a Droid premiered, the word was censored due to complaints from parents. What the beep? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Did you say what the fuck on air? This is a kid's show. You can't say what the hell. Okay, what the fuck? <laughs> okay. um, the episode ends with our second... Our second crosshair viewing. Yeah, we see Hunter again, and he's obviously in custody because there was like 8,000 people trying to round him up yeah, he, the, where they, after he got on the ground. You know, um. verbally <laughs> criticize him or whatever they do. Yeah, that's what they did. With, that's why they have guns. Um. <laughs> they shoot insults. <laughs> God, if only. Um, we see him again. He's in custody, and then we see crosshair uh, on the other side of his sort of... Yeah, being a bitch. Um. Yeah. <laughs> The bitch is back. <laughs> I, I mean, I think I I think I did make that joke. Oh, no, I lived bitch is the joke that I made. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, I, you know, he's just like, I was hoping for the whole squad, but, but you'll, you'll do. do. Yeah. Um, and they kind of share a, a menacing look. Yeah. Uh, uh, again, Crosshair's expressions are like super enigmatic to me. They're just sort of truly. I don't know if this is just me not being able to read like people's facial expressions um, most of the time, but um it's it could it could mean like seven things yeah. to me yeah I <laughs> like it could like... be like i hate you it could be like like he, he almost seems a, a little bit not happy to see him but like yeah yeah no that's what i was getting again, to alone too um, like there's yeah. something weirdly like when he starts talking not as harsh and then he's like goes into sort of full bitch mode it's like he has to continually remind himself to be determined that like He's like, I'm these sub- aren't this isn't like his family that he used to know. Yeah. Like these yeah. are things have changed. Times have changed. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to hate these guys. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I like that. That's a really uh, a great ominous way to end the episode. Um, yes. So here we are. Do you want to talk about characters? Let's jump into characters. Uh, I have nothing written down. That's fine. I'm gonna wing it. Hey, yeah. Um, We're in a silly, goofy mood. Silly, goofy mood. I don't think that there is a bunch of, I mean, I mentioned this character development in this episode per se. It is kind of just like we are putting our characters who we know at this point into a very specific situation. We're, um, and again, I think I say this like once every fucking episode, sure. <laughs> like it takes a really, really masterful hand to, uh, now that we've kind of gotten to know the characters well, like put them on display for us. Yeah, like absolutely. It, we're, 
they're just so good at um, not relying on like the audience to make things uh, like make connections between things. Like you are giving us specific characterizations of people uh, that we have come to know in this manner. Yeah. Like it's just, and I know that sounds really simple and maybe it's kind of a dumb thing to say, but like uh, you'll be surprised how many people, how many writers and and characters don't come off that way in other shows. It, It seems very heavy handed. Like you, you have to keep characterizing them because you haven't done the work well enough or I don't know. It just becomes really yeah. uh, rote to me. Yeah. 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 Um, it's kind of like, you know, they did all the work to set these characters up and now we're getting to see them like live as people. Yeah. Which is like, I don't know. It's kind of just a pleasure to do. And it's great to see that happen in so short of a period of time. Yeah. Again, they've done a lot with a little in the show and it's been very masterfully done. Yeah. And like, you know, we, we never really linger too long on one person, I guess, like mm-hmm. obviously Hunter and Omega are like kind of the more important they're kind of like on a upper tier than kind of the other ones depending on the episode yeah you have your cornerstone characters where like the show wouldn't be here without them like yeah. omega um and, and you know again from the get-go we have this sort of like mimicking relationship between hunter and omega um again i, I like that she doesn't really mimic any other members of the no. batch not that she doesn't have a relationship with any of the other ones or care about them um but it is hunter that she yeah. is absolutely wanting to uh mimic yeah um emulate yeah that's what i was thinking of. i i do really like and like i called out earlier i do really like echo kind of uh having a, a more um aggressive stance i would say in this episode mm-hmm. like it, it's nice to see him have more of an opinion again i mean like again we don't always have time in episodes and like the last couple of episodes it wouldn't have been relevant mm-hmm. uh, obviously i think it's in episode 10 we get like a lot of that as well from echo um yeah 10 is the yeah the separatist episode mm-hmm. um but it's nice to see that come back around again and it's nice to continue to see him cemented as like kind of our white knight character mm-hmm. he's really um noble and honorable in a way uh I, I don't know. It's nice to see him bring up Skako Minor again because I feel like he never talks about it except for in the pilot, right? Yeah. Um, it's good to know that that is still important um, to his character, yeah. right? As it should be. Um, I love that we took the time to do that. I love that that is the tipping point. I like I like what we see of their relationships yes. in this episode. Yeah. Anything to say about Gregor? um i have some information on him he's just sort of a fun funky dude yeah um again i mean we can take this time to talk about why the fuck they chose yeah let's talk about that because um we okay so i can briefly talk about where we've seen him where have we seen him before so we saw him in i think it's legitimately two clone wars episodes that was part of a four-part arc that is droid centric which is the one where r2 and some other droids go to infiltrate like a separatist I don't know, base or something for some information. And I don't know, something happens. They end up on this like really desolate planet that has like one civilization. They find Gregor there. Like he has amnesia and he's a fucking bus boy at a diner. I'm looking at his wiki page right now. Yes. And I like how it says the crash caused him to suffer from amnesia. Yes. And he was rescued by a Solistin named Borkus. Yes. That's the guy who owns the diner. Um, And who turns out to be a shitty guy because he... He knew in some way that Gregor was like a commando because he had his armor, but he didn't tell him. He just was like, I'm going to use you as cheap labor. Um, So he was his bus boy. Um, And, you know, in order for these droids to get off planet, they need to go like infiltrate like a separatist base so they Mm -hmm. can get a ship. And like Gregor comes with them and there's like a whole firefight and then an explosion where he's assumed dead. Um, And then we also saw him in Rebels. He's hanging out with Rex and Wolf. 
uh, on their big tank where they uh, fish for jupas, which are just big worms. Um, and then that's pretty much all we've seen him. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, <laughs> why did they pick Gregor? It's truly... I'm struggling to think of other clones, though, that are still around. That's also, yeah. Besides, um, I obviously, s- like, you know what? Cut is we've he's a deserter. He's but not he's been got in a, the army. He's got his things that yeah. he's doing. He's got like stuff having on mutton his chops and is... having a wife and kids. Yeah, um, a beautiful wife. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm thinking? Is it like uh, the the brain issues <laughs> that Gregor has sustained probably also made the inhibitor chip not function mm, properly? That's an interesting. Thought. But it's likely that he was not in a position where like that would have been observed or they would have been like, yeah, he's always been a little off or like whatever. He got amnesia and then he exploded. And (laughs) so he talks like that. We don't know. Yeah. I I do like that. He sounds quite different. I brought this up when we were watching this episode, but um, I like how all of the regs opposite the batch in this show are all have like really sick haircuts. (laughs) um, First and foremost. Yeah. Like the special regs that we see. Hauser amazing haircut uh gregor's got like a fade going on yeah uh, rex obviously always has his blonde yeah he's really distinctive yeah um (laughs) but yeah i do like that he is um yeah maybe one of the the determining factors in choosing gregor instead of maybe a a different reg was like the the excuse for maybe his inhibitor chip wasn't functioning properly because he's got he got hurt a bunch he got (laughs) in the head area yeah specifically uh and then also um like he is quite distinctive. He spe- I don't know if does he speak this way in in C- I haven't watched those episodes. I in a don't really long think time. he speaks like that no. in Clone Wars. He does speak like that in Rebels. So it had to start <laughs> at some point, I guess. Assuming post getting exploded. Yeah, I like how they exploded him in Clone Wars, and yeah. then we're like, what if we brought him back for Rebels? And then they were like, what if we brought him back for Bad Bad? And he sounds weird, and it's definitely the explosion that made him sound like yeah, that. Yeah, uh, we get no information about Gregor. It's just like we get to assume that he, what made him kind of extremely eccentric, was getting exploded. Yeah. Um. So I guess we're we're coming up with some answers as to why they might have chosen. I Gregor. think also it's good to point out that. There is a uh, a potential that they did not. They wanted this to be a one episode cameo. Um, Truly, yeah, he's not in any other. Like he's not. I think in the, he he's might not be in, the, in the very very beginning of the next episode. But I think they just sort of like hand him off to Sid. Yeah. Um. Oh, I forgot. I think when we were originally watching this, we were like, we ship Gregor and Sid. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall that. I vaguely remember that. I don't know why. Jokingly. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. Because she already. She's. I don't know her business is busy um, she feels extremely gay <laughs> yeah that's fair like i don't maybe she's looking into adopting i don't feel man. like she would be into humans like no. in general and i don't feel like she would be into men <laughs> or gregor maybe she she's Who's like both a human and a man <laughs> and a little crazy and a little weird um maybe she's just like you can hang out she like pseudo adopts him yeah she likes that he's a little weird yeah but she, anyway she's like have you met my nephew bosk I want to see a, a lady Trandoshan, but that's not old. <laughs> you want to see a young lady Trandoshan? I do, yeah. I wonder if they're just as big as the dudes. I hope so. I don't think we've ever seen a lady Trandoshan sans Sid. Upsetting to me, personally. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of dude Trandoshans doing crimes. A lady dinosaur. You. Yeah. Please. Um, a beautiful Godzilla. Yes. Um, 
but i yeah so i think like the fact that they didn't want it to be more than like a one episode cameo is probably why they picked someone a character we had seen before but not one that we maybe super cared about yeah um because i think in the uh example of cody which is like always my like i want him to be in the show and he will be now uh i think that's going to be a way bigger thing when it comes to like rex and also i guess echo who worked with him as well as part of the 501st yeah truly also i feel like if they had just sort of swapped out coat greater gregor for cody um like it doesn't feel like in his character to be like just an instructor he, yeah. he feels like someone who's been in command he's going to continue he's a, he's doing a battlefield that. boy yeah he's he's a he's a, a higher up officer he's not um gregor was like a commando so like he was kind of a special yeah they're, uh, they're like special ops yeah but he was still like part of a team he wasn't like a, a commander of the no you know whatever yeah, yeah. um but yeah I, I, it would have been a huge disservice to cody's character and it wouldn't have made a lot of sense um and i think clearly they the the writers know this i'm saying it now i need rex and cody to have like a good solid reunion <sighs> if we don't get that i'm gonna be so upset I i'm so scared boys. though so i'm scared. scared for him as well i'm i'm less scared that he's going to die and more scared that he's going to be like a real bitch a- yeah <laughs> Yeah, that he's going to side uh, with the Empire over yep. and that Rex is going to have to deal with that. Yep, yep, Because here's yep. the thing. He's not in Rebels, which does not bode well. It doesn't. No. I hope he lives. To be fair, the only clones we see in Rebels are Rex, Wolf, and True. Gregor. Right. And it's just because they happen to know where they are and they're kind of in hiding. So, like, I have hope that maybe he's not, like, dead. But... I'm so scared that Rex is going to have to kill Cody. I am also scared about that. I'm so terrified that that's going to be the case. And it's going to be so fucking heartbreaking. Those boys have been through enough. Why Please can't they don't. go, like, Please don't make him kill together his friend. and, like, enjoy each other's company? I don't know. Wearing, like, those floral button-up shirts and drinking Mai Tais. <laughs> <laughs> it's what they deserve. Yeah um even though we know cody is wound so tight um that's why he needs the mai tai yeah <laughs> rex is like you need a mai tai he keeps like sneaking more alcohol into <laughs> he's like you like surely something like, this is really strong no and it's not just drink it no please you're you stressing need to relax. me out <laughs> anyway that's probably all i have for characters yeah there wasn't too many um again we see charlie rampart being charlie rampart um he's great i think more people should thirst over him that person isn't me but someone should i am <laughs> uh i like i mean i'm not gonna write fan fiction about it but i like him I think i'll he's read fun. fan fiction about it some write fan fiction about him for please, you more. for, for me. becca yeah please <laughs> please um i love a good villain character um he's a good villain character that's pretty much I, it i just i like him a lot he's, he's cool a, he's a fun funky little guy yeah and by fun and funky i mean bad and horrible but <laughs> <laughs> in his own fun and funky way uh yeah you know he's a very good villain uh villain yeah, that's about it. Themes? Themes. Uh, I, again, don't have any notes, so we're riffing on this one. But um, <laughs> <laughs> again, I, I feel like we're kind of coming to a close of... of um, I mentioned this in, in a previous episode, and I can't remember which one it was, but the idea that like the power of choice and destiny being really intertwined, sort of yeah. like yin and yang themes yeah. in this series, um, and then kind of starting the se- the series on this concept of like destiny being an inescapable thing and unquestioned to opening up to the power of choice. And now I think we're kind of closing back in on like that question of, is it an unescapable fate? Yeah. Um, how much really can you choose before destiny just yeah. kind of eats you whole? Yeah. Um, 
I'm trying to think of ways no, and that we've I think seen it in this episode specifically. Also fair to say, like, I like that um, these concepts of, like, destiny and fate and choice are kind of also being entwined, intertwined into the world that we're seeing. Yes. Like, I think it's interesting to see the Empire coming into its power in such a way, in such an aggressive way, right? Um, and it starts being, like, I-, I think it starts almost, like, switching in a way from, like, these concepts of, like, choice and destiny being, like, in the in the hands of the essentially beholder right like it's you know it's your own to choose uh and it it starts kind of i think also adding this additional layer of like the empire is growing so big that it is going to start choosing things for you yeah and like it's becoming everyone's inescapable fate really because they are are gaining power and they are they're not dealing in um halves they deal in absolutes yeah for sure um yeah, I mean, like, they, I guess they technically have an imperial senate, but again, it's very clear to us, and even <laughs> if you're- It's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, even if you're just taking this uh, this series as um, an understanding of the imperial senate, it is not what the Republic was. You, senators are not free to, um, you know, do what they want and, and have the constituents that they want. They are truly just, like, there to keep up appearances- and kind of have like serve the purpose of like a, a well-oiled machine running the way that um, the uppers in the imperial you know administration want it to be. So yeah, I mean, the power of choice has been in essence taken away from the galaxy very much so, and given to this like dark fate. That's a good point, and I don't know. I like I like the little ways that we've been shown this, like mm-hmm. as we go throughout, and we've talked about this. I mean, this is kind of switching topics just a skosh. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the ways that we've been seeing the Empire come into this this power. So to the, I don't know, at the end of the season, the point that it's gained to, it feels overwhelming now. Like, it's kind of like a tipping point in this episode. We've really been seeing it, like, and we haven't previously seen this before, we've really been seeing it build. Yeah. Like, yeah. how directly after the, like, Order 66, how did the Empire take shape? And yeah. how did it get to the point yeah. that it's at in the original trilogy? I'm, like, kind of bringing it back to, like, what we originally talked about in, like, the, our our first episode is, like, I like that we're seeing this in, like, a new way. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't think we've really gotten a show, right, except for Bad Batch, that is showing us how the Empire has, like, actually gained its footholds. Yeah. And it's really interesting and really complex. And, like, I like that they aren't pulling punches with that. Mm -hmm. And I do like that, again, to me, what feels like the tipping point in this is them actually starting to recruit actual people to be TK troopers who are stormtroopers, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, we've seen throughout this whole show in the background of, like, them getting rid of Republic ships, getting rid of Separatist droids, um like erasing the past like I, I, they're continuing to do that and they're just kind of like holistically getting rid of all of their loose ends essentially yeah. um and it, i don't know it has like such an ominous obviously scary quality to it like rightly so i think they depicted the empire that we've seen so much like really well in these like steps to get there yes yeah i'm still trying to give specific examples of the the power of choice that we see kind of like opening up in the middle part of this series or the season well i mean like getting their inhibitor chips out is like a big thing um right no i'm, I'm trying to say like we see that in the middle of the season yeah. and then now at the close we're seeing more of the the chokehold of destiny or I fate see. um in this episode specifically I, I feel like i had a thought but i can't quite remember <laughs> okay. should have written it down the age-old uh quandary that i personally have which is <laughs> will i remember this later sure and then i never do um i can talk a little bit about design 
Um, sure. Mostly there's like one specific thing that I wanted to talk about, which is again, um, kind of like how we've gotten in previous episodes when they update the models of things. I want to talk about um, our new design for our new troopers here. Mm-hmm. Um which uh, again, I think it's a really interesting like world building thing. Like I talked about it kind of like visually creates a tipping point and a difference between, you know, the characters and what we know to the empire and what it is now. Um, But I really like what they chose to do with it, which is that they actually did base these suits of armor off of um, original concept art from A New Hope. Um, Excuse me, A New Hope. I don't know why my voice cut out from the last word. Uh, but yeah, so it's a uh, Ralph McQuarrie concept art for stormtroopers that, you know, they, they ended up evolving away from. Right. Um, but I just, a, I think that's a really fucking cool thing to do because his artwork is, is really un- incredible and very much unparalleled. Um, it, it feels very, um, consistent with like the Star Wars that we're going to, like essentially the Imperial era and like how we've seen that, um, how that's stylistically different from the Republic. Right. And like how in the Republic, most things are like really sleek. Uh, and in the Empire, they're very sort of chunky, boxy. I mean, it's um, a product of the times those movies came out in. But, like, I like to think that there is a specific reason they're so different. Um, and I like that we're also going towards that in Bad Batch. Um, I don't know. They're, they're so chunky and blocky. And, like, I like <laughs> I like the difference. I think it really does a lot for um, the way that the Batch looks. Again, we're kind of, like, pitting them against kind of a new reg look mm-hmm. i uh yeah i mean i think their armor is supposed to be kind of piecemeal anyway because they're like you know special um they are special yes but like instead of it in their previous context it was like we're special so we get to like you know we don't have the like uniform look uh now it's kind of like they feel kind of like relics in a way yeah with exactly. this new shiny armor and it's different and it's bigger and you know, all these things. And, and not only do they have piecemeal clone armor, but it's painted differently. And then, you know, of course, in the season two trailer, we got to see that they changed their colors. Yeah. Um, so it's becoming even more yeah. divorced from its original setting. Yeah. I like, I just, uh, I appreciate how visually they're supporting the story. And it does feel just like really overwhelming. And I think um, foreign almost to like, you know, mm-hmm. we're so used to seeing clone troopers at this point. Um, yeah, this is our first introduction to these yeah. um in this series we don't it's not like we got a sneak preview of them a couple episodes ago we're, we're, yeah. we're seeing them at the same the same way the batches which yeah. is oh my god what is that exactly and like whereas with crosshair squad like they're supposed to look different they're essentially supposed to be their own like black ops commando squad yeah. they have dark armor it's like they're supposed to look different like these guys being like so many of them and they're all the same and they're all different i think yeah obviously does a lot for us um and it, yeah, it's kind of almost like a knee-jerk reaction. Um, I don't know. I think that was smart. They didn't have to do that at this point. They could have done it on the season break. Um, and they didn't. They did it here, which I think is a cool choice. Um, let's see. Where are, we, where are we going after this? We're going to have um, our season finale. Our two-part season finale is next. Uh, we obviously got a lot of setup here. Hunters in the clutches of the Empire and more specifically Crosshair. So we're going to have to see how they mount a rescue mission yeah while things are getting for the boy (laughs) real sticky like again it's all of our plots converging yeah um um yeah again it's been a while since we watched these episodes so i'm i i guess last time we i did not quite take note of how much of a leader omega has been becoming um now i'm curious to see how that's um going to play out in, in hunter's absence here yeah i'm excited
All right. That's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be publishing episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. So join us next time for our final episode. We'll be covering the two-part season one finale. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and also Instagram and Twitter at The Batch Pod. So if you like story and you like Star Wars, then tune in for the next episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Batch. Bye. Bye.